Speaking of underrated bottlers, there's only one place where we can start this tournament with the bottle job of all bottle jobs in a group with South Korea, Mexico, and another team, Sweden, I remembered, um, Germany, the reigning champions of the whole world, a, t- a squad packed with so much talent they could afford to leave um, Premier League Young Player of the Year, Leroy Sane, out uh, of the squad. Uh, have crashed out of the tournament in spectacular style. We are unfortunately forced to record this in the middle of the second round. Like it's not a natural break in the tournament for us to record this. So we're gonna do a bit of first round stuff, bit of predictions, that kind of you know mix and match. Yeah, Germany out. I, I, quite, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh, I was away in China when this was on, so it was fairly late in the evening uh, when. Uh, Mexico were getting smashed by Sweden and South Korea were beating the Germans who had uh, both games on. Uh, and I would say there was a large contingent of Swedes and a large contingent of English people uh, in the watching <laughs> audience and everyone had a good time. I mean, I do get a bit affronted by the kind of little Englander mentality when it comes to Germany in, in football. Um, I mean, the... the the front page and back pages of this country's tabloids were a disgrace the following day, you know. Um, yeah, no, I know. But, I mean, and, and it's true that most of it is Little England, but it's also a, a kind of natural sort of rival large country in Europe and all of that. So can, can we take it like that? Imagine yeah, I mean, it as a sort of United v Liverpool star rivalry. Oh. Well, they knocked us, but it's more bit more like a Stoke versus United rivalry. Yeah. And we're we're I mean, casting we're the role of Stoke. Yeah. I, yeah, just think we're the baddies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't really like to think of it like that, but then again, I'm not traditionally uh, an England fan. I'm just a fair weather England fan, you know. It looks like we, God, I almost said we. It looks yeah. like England might, uh, might do well in this tournament, given that there is absolutely nothing of any good in England's half of the draw. I'm going for, I'm going full. Um, by the way, there's every chance that England have already been knocked out by Colombia by the time you listen to this. But right now, I'm riding high on it's coming home. Um, the, the Germany thing, I mean, the the rivalry, there is, there is some more justification to it than a kind of Stoke United thing, given that they knocked us out of Italia 90, Euro 96 and the 2010 World Cup, although that one, that one. That one didn't sting quite so much. But, you know, that, that when England were good, Germany beating us on penalties was like a, a key theme of what it meant to be an England fan. So there's some actual sporting rivalry there. Um, but the, and nevertheless, there is just a sort of joy at seeing a team that everyone expects to cruise. I mean, Tony Cruz. Uh, to the final, essentially. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I think we we both suggested they would go out in the semi-final, maybe? I can't remember. I, I, think, I think that's what we both predicted. Well, I mean, is, um, given what Tony Cruz did against Sweden, yeah, uh, yeah, stuck one in the, the top corner when there was, what, inches of room for error? Absolute piece of magic. The most pointless absolute piece of magic in the entire tournament so far i'd say apart from maybe angel de maria he, he oh, pushed well, them for true. it yeah, true um, and they give it a good shot argentina sort of uh, let's um so so what i want to know ed is what happened to germany why did this happen yeah well some of the punditry seems to have concentrated on the dressing room and things not being quite right now i, I i'm not sure that i saw obvious signs of that in the build-up to the the tournament they uh, qualified comfortably. They've been winning friendly games. Um, I'd say they're probably, even on paper at least, a stronger 
Germany team than four years ago because they actually have a striker this time out, mm. you know. And uh, so that wasn't obvious, but they've been a mess at the back and haven't been able to take control of games through the middle, you know, which you wouldn't expect really given that you have such a lot of quality through the middle there. So it's a combination of those, letting some very poor goals. I, I wonder whether they made a mistake bringing Manuel Neuer back in. He hasn't played for the best part of a year, whereas you've got Ter Stegen, who's been in excellent form and playing regularly, which you know wasn't the case a couple of years ago. Um, and, uh, you know, <laughs> certainly saw some comedy goalkeeping from Neuer when he was tackled, trying to play the role of a left winger against <laughs> South Korea. Um, very, 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 very slow and not very skilled left winger. Um, so a bit, bits of pieces of that. I mean, I, I'm not sure I could put a, my finger on uh, exactly what it is. You, have you got any thoughts? I mean, I think one of the things that is really, this, is, this isn't a particularly original thought. And like I said, it's a strange timing this, which means a lot of the analysis has already happened on this. But um, first of all, We've seen, so in um, 2002, France crashed out, having won the World Cup four years earlier. Um, in 2010, Italy went out of the group stages. In 2014, Spain went out of the group stages. In this World Cup, Germany went out of the group stages. Now that correlation isn't causation, but that is that is starting to look like a pretty significant pattern when you've got four out of the last five World Cup winners have gone out at the following World Cup group stages. That's that's really rather remarkable. And I wonder if it's not not like, um, I don't know, not like a kind of Dwight York thing of like, oh, I've won it now, so I can't be bothered. But there is a, a, a maybe a, a reluctance to follow the natural four-year cycle, the four-year kind of refresh cycle. And maybe you stick with a few players that... that um, oh, hello, sorry, Croatia about to score. Oh, my God. That is the most nailed-on pen of this tournament so far. Um, uh, anyway, so you, you stick with some players that you shouldn't have stick, stuck with but the other thing about this is I wonder whether actually in, in some ways it's just the reverse. It's it's just they lost Philip Lahm and they lost Bastian Schweinsteiger and Hummels and Boateng and Muller have all declined pretty dramatically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Boateng didn't have a good tournament at all, did he? Nor did Hummels, though. And not just letting one go off his shoulder in that in that last game. Like, he looked shaky at the back. They both did. And and these were the kind of best centre defend, central defenders in the game, weren't they? I mean, United have been linked to Boateng this summer and I'll be pretty worried if we sign him, to be honest. Uh, yeah, as as would I. Yeah, that would be, um, I mean, be pretty worried with United signing anyone from the Bundesliga. We've not exactly got a great record on that one. Um, uh, it's, um, yeah, I, I, I think he's, and especially buying as well. I, I think they're a pretty smart club about selling. They sell when someone's done, don't they? Yeah. Um, and I think in this case, he's probably done. That, look, that's probably a fair comment. They've got a few players in there that are probably past their peak, um, but they've got tons and tons of young players as well. So I think this is going to hit home really hard. In Germany, I mean, you know, it's it's they're not used to failure, uh, not like us. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, I wonder whether they have a rethink about some things. Well, he's got a piece of the ball, and he's also got both of both of Redbridge's legs there. So <laughs> yeah, it's a, a penalty. It's, it's a penalty. It's a penalty. Casper's uh, Ka- Casper uh, wants them to look at it on telly again. Uh, well, we haven't put this in the thing, but we've got to have a kind of another VAR chat. I think. 
It's compulsory to have VAR chat. Was there VAR in this game? Probably. There's VAR in every game, isn't there? Well, every every game is reviewed. Every major incident is now reviewed. You know, yeah. so it's constant VAR. Um, I, I actually don't mind it when it's VARD. VARD? Is it is it a verb yet? To VAR? <laughs> I VAR, he VAR, she veres. <laughs> what's the, what's the, the collective noun for VAR people? <laughs> the VARI. A, a, oh, saved. Casper. Modric has been terrible in this awful game as well. Pen. Um, uh, Peter Schmeichel dancing in the stands there, better than dancing in the Cocom box, I guess. Uh, live commenting on this one. So anyway, back, back to Germany. I think uh, I think there's something in, in them, uh, you know, letting a few players go stale. So it's still going to be really shocking for them. And, and uh, I, I think... Um, a few years ago when Germany spent some time without having success, they were able to do the kind of root and branch reform of German football that has never happened fully in English football. Well, you know, bits and pieces. It's sort of in the of, middle of happening, isn't it? It's in the middle, yeah, yeah. But it's still it's still, um, it's still, a balkanised version of that, you know, yeah. because you have the Premier League and the clubs and the FA all doing different things, effectively. But, yeah, there is, they're, they're never the root and branch, um, but some reform of, especially at youth level. Um, and Germany may well go back to the drawing board again, you know, because they, they seem to have the bravery as a football nation to go do that. Um, I wonder if they've got the bravery to... I mean, I guess they won't sack Love. You can't sack a manager who's won a World Cup and got to every semi-final or basically until this one. But I think he's got to go if they want to do it because I, I think that this is... He's also just suffering from having been Germany manager for too long. And eventually, you need... Football moves on. You know, it changes and... That's it, right. That's I mean, right. He, I mean, he has adapted a bit. He did... He adapted quite a lot when Guardiola came along. Kind of changed the 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 German national team's character to reflect the changes at Bayern. But uh, he did look a bit stuck in his ways this time around. All right. Um, I mean, it's, it's certainly opened up one half of the draw, hasn't it? Germany going out or, or weakened it. Um, not England's half of the draw. England's half of the draw has got absolutely no one of any quality left in it. I mean, that's the most wide open half of the draw left to go. I mean, well, we'll for, come uh, for uh, like generations of World Cups. We'll, we'll, come, mean, back, we'll come back to that whole thing when we talk about unless you want to do it now should we just do england chat right now having done germany chat we'll do england chat. let's do england chat all right so sorry what were you saying about the draw no i was just saying that you know you've got one of england colombia uh sweden switzerland croatia denmark you'll know the winner of that by the time this comes out uh, and so will we before we finish recording this um and uh who, who's the other Who's the other one in our half of the draw? Japan against... Japan. No, 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 no. no, no. That's, that's the, the other, other half. half. Yeah. That's the other half. Yeah. Um, Russia, Russia. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Russia. So, yeah, one of those, that lot is going to get to the final. I mean, that's mad. That's mad. So, wait a minute. Let's run through that again. In, where, where we are right now, again, this is out of date. By England, Colombia, Croatia, Denmark, Russia. Yeah. And Sweden, Switzerland. I mean, that's one of those teams is in the final of this yeah. World Cup. That's just, I mean, that is just absolutely outrageous if you suggest And of course, that all of that time. adds up to, it's coming home, lads. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing is, the, so when I was watching England-Belgium, first of all, first of all, little brief chat about England-Panama, which had not happened, I don't think, by the time we recorded last time. 
I know it was only Panama and that's no kind of, they were a terrible, terrible, terrible team who got 0.2 XG against Tunisia. Um, you know, they're, they're not a good football team. You and, get 0.2 and, XG from kickoff, don't you? <laughs> um, and, but the, the thing about it is, is England have played lots and lots and lots of teams that they're supposed to be better than and they don't normally beat them 6-1. I mean, it was a peculiar game. England's XG, talking of XG, if you take the penalties out, was a total of one, meaning meaning they definitely overperformed that. But I think that was that was essentially as a function of the fact that they didn't really have to try because when you once you're 5-0 up by half-time, you're not like creating loads of chances in the second half, are you? No, that's right. Um, I watched this game uh, on the road, um, so absolutely murdering the roaming in China. <laughs> uh, I would, someone will definitely be having a word with me about that one. Oh, um, is it a work, a work phone situation? Come on, not using my own phone. Come on. <laughs> no, that, that's a joke. We have very good roaming packages. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I was just giddy. I was pretty giddy during that, I have to say. I, I was a little bit it's coming home during that one. Yeah, well, it's, it's a stunning result, you know, because it doesn't really happen very often at World Cups that you get those kind of results. Not anymore. I mean, this your Germany against Brazil. Uh, but but it's, <laughs> it's it's extremely rare. That's why it's stunning, even if Panama are the, like the second smallest nation in this tournament. Um, you know, they they didn't they weren't being hammered in qualifying uh, at all. So um, it's, it was a stunning result by England. Of course, everything went in. Um, but it's the kind of result that breeds a lot of confidence, which in a way was I meant it was kind of surprising that. Southgate made so many changes for the Belgium game because there's a thing about momentum. I'm just looking at Croatia here. You know, they, they made nine changes for their final fixture against Iceland. I, they still feels, won, though. They still won, but only just. And it feels like, it feels like you know, some of the winners come out of themselves. I don't think that's got to do with the fact that they made changes in the last game. I think that's got to do with the fact that they haven't won a knockout game for 20 years at a tournament. Um, maybe I'm wrong about that. When I was watching that England-Belgium game, once Adnan scored, shout out to the boy Wonder, by the way. The boy, you could do anything. I looked it up, he's 23 now. So I guess he's the man who could do anything. The young man who can do anything. Um, heck maybe, of a maybe, maybe you're heck of it. I mean, he's always had that talent, hasn't he? Yeah. And um, he's applying it, from... it. Yeah, he's applying it regularly. That's been his problem. But I haven't seen enough of him post United um, to say whether this is a. a a brand new thing, but he's got into a very strong Belgium squad. Right? Yeah, it's a big deal. And and so when you, you saw the Belgium lineup and basically seeing Torgan Hazard, then it always makes me laugh because it's like, oh, him and him and the other Lukaku brother. Just are they are they in it on merit? Um, or is there a anyway? But maybe they're excellent players. I've never really watched many of both either of their games. Um, uh, here's a good rumor. Just just as a little sidebar. Yeah. Um, uh, Roberto Martinez currently favourite to get the Spain manager's job after the World Cup. <laughs> muy bien, muy bien. Muy bien, gracias. Um, the, the, the thing about that Belgian game is once that Yanazai goal went in, I mean, like I said, people will be listening to this after the Colombia game, so this might seem really stupid then. Will they? Oh, no, yeah, Colombia game Tuesday night. It, yeah, so like Tom said he's going to edit this tomorrow. I'm sure he will, but that will be late tomorrow. Then it will download. Do you think everyone, just as soon as it hits their download, will sort of bang, got to listen to the Rankcast immediately? Yeah. Are there no podcasts in your podcast app that have been sat there for weeks by any chance, Ed? Um, yeah, I might have done, but, you know, it's Rankcast, isn't it? 
Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so I'm perfectly prepared to sound absolutely ridiculous, but I was rooting very, very hard for England not to score a goal at that point mm. because... Well, right now it looks good, doesn't it? I mean, it just... It was just the idea that you'd be in a quarterfinal watching Belgium play against Sweden before you played Brazil and thinking, why, why did Marcus Rashford not hit that wide? As it is, Marcus Rashford, smart cookie, hit it wide. It's all fine. Yeah, um, he took some stick from that, but, um, you know, he, he knew what he was doing. I, I mean, look, I think uh, England's attitude and belief and thought process about this game could be sort of summed up by the last 10 minutes, you know? They weren't chucking Hail Marys in there, desperate to get a goal. No. It, it, was, it was a very, very tame second half. Well, Gabriel Clark said to Gareth Southgate afterwards, if you'd really wanted to win, you'd have put Harry Kane on, wouldn't you? And Gareth Southgate sort of went, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think he was, you know, I'm not sure that was a full-fledged admission. But no, right now England have... A once in, I was going to say once in generation, but it's like once in 10 generations opportunity to reach the final of the World Cup. And I know this is presumptuous, but they won't play a single team who are ranked ahead of them in the FIFA rankings. I think, I think, I might have to check that, but, you know, it won't be much. Maybe Colombia are, but um, Colombia might be ranked like sixth or seventh or something like that. Um, but, you know, there's a, it's a low quality half of the draw compared to the other half. I mean, Colombia might turn it on, and they were they were really good against Poland. But that was, I mean, it was fully Hammers pulling the strings, and he's injured. I mean, maybe he'll play, but he he the chances he's at full fitness seem remote. And uh, Colombia were they were beaten by Japan in the first game. That was pretty. That one kind of could have gone either way, and the sending off made a huge difference. Davinson Sanchez was basically the only player that played well in uh, Colombia's win over Senegal. Like they were. T- Terrible in yeah. that game. Switzerland are ranked 11th and England ranked 12th. And this Swiss side is nothing great. And, and Colombia ranked 13th. So, you know, there you go. I mean, um, I, I, I think Switzerland on on form in this tournament might be one of the better sides in this half of the draw. Um, never mind FIFA rankings because FIFA rankings are really stupid, as we know. Poland are, what, sixth? Yeah. Um, they can definitely be gamed, as we know. Yeah. Um but but the kind of I think Switzerland are a pretty good team. I did think Croatia were a pretty good team until today, and we'll see what happens in the next ten minutes of whether they're still in the draw. But one of the things that I think potentially benefits England is that the that England are better on the front foot than the back foot. This is a, this is a team that is best served playing to its strengths, and its strengths are attacking and scoring goals from set pieces, and yeah. and th- that's something that we can do against teams that you know we're not going to have to play Dyer and Henderson in midfield in too many of these games. It's going to be one that or doesn't the other. Look like he will, yeah, yeah, and um, I, I think that is to England's benefit. The, the only thing that concerned me a little bit about that Belgian game, and I know there are a lot of changes, but England went direct quite quickly. You know, when they weren't getting the ball, they were they were pushing it forward, and that's the kind of stuff that can uh, you know end up with you um, soaking up a lot of pressure because you just give the ball away all the time. Yeah, and and I wonder whether you know a team with Deli Ali, Jesse Lingard, Harry Kane, um, even Raheem Sterling, even though he's not been in particularly good form, I wonder if that team goes direct so often. I think probably the answer is no. All right, yeah, I mean, so you know, great chance for England. 
Um, please, please don't lose to Colombia. I'm gonna. I just, I just want it. I just want a run. Like I don't. If it, okay. Obviously, we'll start dreaming as it gets later into the tournament. But I'm not talking about it's actually coming home. I'm just talking about it's coming home in the sense of we get to a semi final. Imagine how mental this country's gonna go if we get completely. to the semi final of a World Cup. Christian Eriksen just had his first, the first penalty saved. It's a stunning Incredible. stop as well. Oh, right, so- it's right in the corner. Unless you, well, unless... we're gonna we're gonna have to live. Com- oh, it's onto the post. Live comment on the All penalty right. shootout as we're talking about England. So, um, look, uh, yeah, um, it, there'll be an incredible atmosphere in England if uh, if England do manage to go past Colombia. And, and there's a combination of factors. You know, there hasn't been a run for a long time. England haven't won a knockout game for 20, twelve years, um, and it's actually a seemingly likable squad with a likable manager as well. And they seem to have changed this sort of gazillionaires uh, plus uh, oh. Schmeichel. Schmeichel saves with his feet. Very one, one, there. Yeah, nil, nil. seem to have changed this gazillionaires plus you know arrogance attitude and sort of outward projection aura um, that they, uh, other England teams had. You know, it's not a golden generation, but they're not putting themselves out there as that either. The the thing that I like most about this team is that this team is hashtag for the kids. Um, Mohamed Butt, friend of the show, uh, chief features writer at Squawker, wrote, wrote this beautiful piece about Jesse Lingard saying that Jesse Lingard was hashtag for the kids. And and that is the thing about this England team. You can see even in the marketing, there's this like little ad that's doing the rounds and it is the least offensive ad I've ever seen in my life. And it's just some England players training with some kids and like talking about celebrations with them. And, you know, the, all the Instagram stuff, all the kind of, you know, the Fortnite stuff. This, this, is, this is a team, wow, what a pen uh, from the Danish number for um <laughs> that's that's he's their captain as well it's disgraceful that i don't know his name at this point in the tournament Thor. <laughs> um yeah marvelous hit um and you said by the way that he that schmeichel saved it to hair style with his legs to is not saving anything in this tournament but we'll come on to that um, um his, his operation stay in manchester i think yeah, yeah. working very effectively so anyway england are lovable and it is there is a generation of kids that are going to fall in love with football because of this England squad in the way that we did because of Terry Fennick and Steve Hodge in 1986. <laughs> yeah, Terry Fennick and Steve Hodge. I mean, it's not exactly who I fell in love with in 1986. Um, but yeah, no, I, I get the point. I get the point. Yeah, so, you know, lots of positive vibes around England despite that loss to Belgium. Um, you know, the only caveat being... Was there any momentum lost from that loss? Um, but, you know, massive upside in that um, you can think longer term, um, as long as they don't blow it against Colombia. It's coming home. It's coming home. Um, going home are all the teams from the continent of Africa. And I was so, so, so sad when Senegal were knocked out by Colombia. That one that one hurt the most. Knocked out on yellow cards by yeah. Japan. I mean... I, I think there's a better system to be had than yellow cards. I mean, What is it? I, uh, I don't know. Some kind of ranking of goals scored from open play or something like that. You know, some okay. kind of something that just kind of rewards positive attacking football. I mean... Although, I, I know I'm, FIFA want to reward... Um, uh, you know, clean football, but there is no consistency in yellow cards. None. No. I mean, this is this is the the key problem with this is that you know 
uh, goals are, are a hard and fast metric, um, you know, but a yellow card, goal scored, got goal difference, points, all that's hard and fast. But but yellow cards are applied so well. I mean, it's not even bad refereeing to give yellow cards inconsistently. Different games call for different styles exactly. of refereeing. Exactly, and, and people would um, reward that. You know, people would think that's good. You know, you wouldn't, um, in a game where which isn't dirty and there's very few tackles being made and there's a, just a trip... You know, there's no point giving out a yellow card in a game which is a bit tetchy or has multiple fouls or, you know, a series of fouls or whatever. You're going to you may well give a yellow card. In fact, as we know, some players get a yellow card on the basis of team crime. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, it's. It just seems the wrong metric. Anyway, it's a discussion about African teams, but that was deeply harsh on uh, Senegal for sure. And this is before you even factor in issues like unconscious bias, which let's not even get into that, but it is definitely clearly a thing. Uh, Shout out to Luka Modric, by the way, for sending his pen dribbling down the centre of the pitch, um, even though he's had one saved. And the Croatia keeper just saved one from Denmark. So Croatia are in the box seat now. No, haven't Croatia gone ahead? Have I I not been paying attention? too busy talking about yeah, yellow I think Craig had a, a one a extra one saved. Find out when the next guy runs up to take his pen. Um, so yeah, you know, really hard on Senegal. Um, and but you know, outside of Senegal, pretty disappointing from most of the African teams. Morocco, you might say, were the next best. You know, yeah, they, they gave were, it a go, didn't they? They were unlucky, but for, I mean, especially like that last. Oh, we haven't even talked about that. Absolutely, we haven't got it on the agenda to talk about that insane last day in that group with VAR and all the kind of hardcore swings of who was finishing top and all that. But given that both Portugal and Spain are both out now, it kind of doesn't matter anymore. Um, but yeah, Morocco, Morocco gave it a real, a real shot. But I mean, Nigeria had by far the, were by far the closest to also qualifying. Only uh, Marcus Rocco heartbreak leading to um, oh no, it's all it all all square because Casper saves. Um, the the Peter the Marcus, Marcus losing his nut. He looks a bit wired day. I, I hope he hasn't spent any time with Diego. <laughs> um, Marcus Rocco uh, turning goal scorer. I mean, and what, uh, what a beautiful finish for Marcus Rocco as well. Absolutely incredible. Messi's only good teammate, although awful, awful decision to bring down Mbappe. But I want to talk about that game in a minute in detail. Um, obviously, I want to talk about that game. But yeah, so so I, I thought it was. I mean, they they came within a whisker, Nigeria, mostly thanks to Ahmed Musa's absolute brilliance in their second game in that yep. group where he against Iceland, where he was just he scored two goals of absolutely sublime quality. But um, you know, I felt like Senegal sort of blew it basically. Like they should not have drawn with Japan. Oh, you were right, by the way. Um, it was even now another save, um, and so Croatia are going to have a spot kick to go through. And they might yeah. actually win a knockout game. Yeah, this is this is very exciting. Jorgensen, by the way, is absolute pony. Well, no, most of their attacking players <laughs> like this was he was their centre forward, and he was a real, real, real bad in this game. And yeah, he's just taken a terrible pen. Cornelius was bad before that. Um, so yeah, I mean Nigeria unlucky. Morocco has some good games. Tunisia bollocks and and so so were Egypt to be honest so um you know there's some a couple of unlucky stories but none of them good enough none of the African side is really good enough to to boss their groups and 
you know, it's it's um, I, I don't know. I think it's a it's a black mark on the whole of you know football, the football community that um, uh, Croatia through um, that African sides haven't become better than this. You know, they, because there was supposed to be a lot of money. Uh, from FIFA for football development. Yeah. Actually, you know, the quality of sides at national level does quite does track GDP quite a lot. There are some there are some um obvious outliers there, you know, Brazil. Yeah. Um and uh, you USA know, so, presumably. Yeah, yeah, USA the other way. Mm-hmm. Um but um but yeah, you yeah, know, it's a it's a real shame that this hasn't quite happened yet. I mean, cuz you know, it's the World Cup, right? Yeah, we're a long way from Pele saying an African side's going to win it by 2010. Um, or no, by the year 2000, I think he said. Um, but, it, it, you know, it's it, Pele said a lot of stuff, to be fair, including that Nicky Butt was the player of the tournament in the 2002 well, he was right World about Cup. That one. He was absolutely, that's even a stock clock, Pele. Um, the, oh, I was going to do a real bad joke there that I'm not going to do. Um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Might have involved a blue pill at some point. <laughs> That would have been a very good joke. Yeah, it would, but I'm not going to make it because it's just not who I am. Um, anyway, the, uh, the the I was very as growing up like spending time growing up in Zimbabwe and being kind of educated in Pan African and traditions. Uh, I would I always just end up rooting for all the African teams, and uh, it was it was a, a real shame. Some somewhat less of a shame, in a way was the fact that, well, although it makes us both look stupid, but nothing new there, um, I believe we both predicted that the winners of this World Cup would be España, in part thanks to their absolutely world-beating goalkeeper. Um, But they were absolute garbage um, today against Russia, like just proper full-on LVG, tiki-taka in the pejorative sense, really lacked cutting edge, didn't play to any of Diego Costa's strengths in the way they'd done so well against Portugal uh, in the opening game of the of the tournament. Just really disappointing. And and you got to ask questions about sacking a manager two days before a tournament. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. <laughs> uh, can't have helped, can it? Uh, no, they were, they were really, really limp against Russia. I haven't quite... Checked out uh, Russia's running statistics. <laughs> they, they were outliers, let's just say. Listen. <laughs> yep, yeah, that's, that, that's, that's all there is to it. It's just what the data says. It's just about the homegrown passion. I mean, there was some actual hard information about doping as well, but we'll just pass that one over. Uh, yeah, yeah, there was hard information that the Russian national team were doping. Because um, uh, it was cross sport, you know, a uh, nationally guided policy, um, and the fact that they were terrible, and uh, you know, suddenly became world beaters. Yeah, um, but the, 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 they didn't have to be world beaters. I mean, you, by the could, way, physiology doesn't change, uh, even with passion. You can't suddenly become ten percent fitter. Um, no, but you can run ten percent more because no, no, but you just die ten percent earlier. Yeah, but not not in the course of ninety minutes. Um, uh, <laughs> I mean, maybe it took a year off their life. This passion, right? But you know. Anyway, the the um, no, I, I mean metaphorically, uh, not literally right. drop dead. <laughs> right, I mean, okay. you, you will hit the wall. There are only so, there are only so much kilojoules of power that you can output as a human. Sure. Um, the um, although, of course, like parents with kids trapped under cars can lift them off. 
But that's about short bursts. Anyway, let's not get into this. The, the let's not let's not get into the subject of Russian doping at all. In fact, until we can be reading something that someone else wrote. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, merely speculating that um, it, it's a it's a very interesting turn. But you're right. Yeah, let's let someone else uh, get the polonium. But whether or not the Russian team's uh, running statistics are enhanced in any way, um, that should not have mattered in that game because the quality differential between the two sides should have been too great and a bit of running and some good discipline should not be enough to stop a team with Isco and Asensio and Diego Costa up front and you know I I mean Fabregas in the studio was saying like he was kind of annoyed that they were playing two holding midfielders all the way through that game Um, I wonder whether one of the things he's annoyed about that was one of the attacking midfielders they were playing wasn't Cesc Fabregas Um, but just I mean, De Gea was awful all the way through the tournament up to and including not doing particularly anything in the penalty shootout. Ironic that Akinfiev made an absolutely amazing De Gea-style save um, for the final penalty. Uh, like a bicycle kick save, effectively, wasn't it? Uh, but really disappointing from Spain. Yeah, really disappointing. And, um, uh, you know, didn't create enough. They had 76% of the ball, and which you know, not unusual... Uh, didn't have seventy six percent of the chances for sure, um, and and weren't um, weren't uh, putting Russia under enough pressure with that seventy six percent of the ball. Hell of a lot of it in the middle third of the field. Uh, it didn't look like they were going to be able to break the Russians down in extra time either. Really, I, I'm trying to think of a really good chance that they had in extra time and I can't I mean, there the was my there, head. there was the one where Rodrigo like did a real good job of beating his man but then he took a shot from out wide in a like he really shouldn't have shot there it was it, he had like a real nice pass on and he didn't he didn't take a pass and he shot instead I don't think they had a high a really high quality shot that you would have fully expected them to score by any means no right right so in the end the uh the uh, the penalty shootout kind of reflected their whole performance, really. And uh, Aspas coming up to take the last penalty, I wouldn't say he looked confident coming up to take the penalty. All sorts of weird, you know, twitches and running and angles and stuff like that. So uh, it gen- wasn't that much of a surprise either. I genuinely thought it was going to blast it over the bar. And, you know, they struggled against Iran. They struggled against Morocco. And they didn't beat Portugal, even though you can't say they struggled in that game. There were there were moments in that game when they looked absolutely sublime, but there was none of that sublimity. Is that a word? I don't suppose it is. It is now. There was none of that on show whatsoever in this group game. And just a very, very disappointing performance from the collective. If you were Spanish, you'd be, I think you'd be really, you'd really feel like your national team had kind of let them themselves down really given given that it doesn't look obvious I mean so lots of people have said oh well this just goes to show you can't play that style without you know Xavi and Iniesta at their at, well Iniesta is peak and Xavi in the team I'm I'm not convinced I'm not convinced this was about personnel I I, I mean there were areas where you'd think they were lacking quality I mean the fact that Aspas is on the pitch at all um but but there were that was a that was a really good squad wasn't it oh. Everywhere you look, oh, that is huge. You you know, don't tell me that Thiago is not a great player, he, or Asensio, you know, um, or Isco. All really quality, high quality players. I think um, they had uh, a top quality player for every single position, and a top quality reserve as well. You know, so 
um, you know, great, great, uh, well, maybe not in the forwards. Maybe that was, uh, you know, beyond Diego Costa, maybe that was a weakness. But, you know, really, really high quality squad. Uh, and uh, in the end, I, I wonder whether losing the manager two days before the World Cup is just taking a couple of percentage off. And that's all you need, you know, especially against a team that's juicing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, you're in charge of public, you're like technically responsible for publishing. In terms well, of I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm just assuming that the subtleties of language are missed on those, uh, who okay. are recording this from somewhere inside the Kremlin. <laughs> okay, good. Um, we just mean having juice, vegetable juice for breakfast, very healthy juicing. It's like celery, some carrots, put some spinach in there. Maybe just, maybe don't do it in the juice and maybe do it in a neutral bullet instead or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Anyway, um, so Spain are out, um, as are both Cristiano and Ronaldo and Lionel Messi, who um, on the Totally Football show, they called it the goat cull. <laughs> which made me laugh. Oh, wow. Um, uh, what a remarkable day for the two best players of their generation who, and, and you know, I mean, you can definitely read too much into this, but the handing over the torch to the next generation as Kylian Mbappe absolutely lit the World Cup up. Vive la France! Allons au fond de la patrie! Le jour de gloire est Mbappé! Hmm. Yeah, let's just just remember that France have stunk out this World Cup until that game. Not, not anymore, son. <laughs> I mean, that, that game against Denmark was, oh my God. That doesn't, doesn't matter now. It was doesn't matter. awful. Don't live in the past. This was... The, the what, what did Eric... What did Eric call the, the board at the French FA? Sack of <laughs> But the thing is, the thing is, cometh the hour, cometh the team. Um, and once they had to turn it on, an attacking display, and simultaneously were given the freedom of Russia by one of the most astonishingly inept defensive di- displays you could ever hope to see... France just turned on the style, turned on the afterburners. Um, and yeah, so f- let's let's talk through the goals. First of all, Mbappe breaks through the lines with electric, frightening pace. And Marcus Rocco, even though he's managed to shape Mbappe outside. And so he's kind of going away from goal at this point, Mbappe. Rocco's like, no, no, I know what to do. Let's give him a full-on spear here and take him out. Yeah, interesting. We're doing a, a full game breakdown of the France game. Interesting. Mm. Well, mm. game of the mm. tournament, game of mm. the tournament. Joint, yeah, that's joint it. game of the tournament. Huh. Huh. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I actually think the thing that did for Argentina in this game um, was that they played this really high line. Yeah. Um, and Pogba bullied Benega. Uh, hipsters' choice, Benega. Uh, by the way, and uh, hipsters, can you please bow down uh, and worship your new god? Paul Pogba. But didn't you big up Benega in the last episode of the Rankcast? No, no, no. <laughs> okay. What are you talking about? Pretty sure you did. Oh, I said his shit. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I mean, Pogba bullied him in the centre of yeah. midfield um, and was just able to float those balls over the top or through the Argentinian defence because they were so high up. I mean, you got this really, really slow Argentina defence against this really, really quick French front line. <laughs> It's just a piss out of them, um, and uh, you know m- most uh, many of the French goals came from 
those kind of positions, didn't they? Uh, you know, re- really bad tactical mistake, but San Paolo's had a terrible World Cup and it's amazing that they made it into the second round at all. Yeah, I mean, it, it was in the end, of course, thanks to Messi dragging them there. That I mean, that they, they did it and, and they, he nearly got them something out of this game. And, and France absolutely dominated the first half and kind of looked like they could score at will. And then Di Maria was just left in too much space because the the French defence was occupied with Messi. And, and Di Maria scored, I mean... It looked like it was going to be one of the goals of the tournament. It wasn't even the goal of the game in the end, but an absolute worldie. Um, I mean, he had a lot of space. It reminded me of uh, Beckham against Arsenal in the 99 FA Cup semi-final. That great underrated goal because uh, the gigs goal takes all the, the plaudits. But, you know, Sheringham created the space there. Messi created the space here. And, uh, and Di Maria just took it like it was a free kick. Oh, well, absolutely hammered it as well, though. So if it's a free kick from there, it's still a miracle goal. So, yeah. um, it, you know, he's a very, very long way out and he's speared that right into the corner. Um, yeah. yeah, absolutely beautiful strike. So then, uh, half-time and a bit slightly deflated at this point. I watched the game with my mum, um, so there was a lot of French exclamations going on. Um, I was slightly deflated at half-time, because the goal's gone in and sort of the, the dominance doesn't pay. And then Argentina fluke one. Uh, Messi did some nice work to kind of keep the ball live and then blasted a, a, a kind of fairly tame shot in. But Mercado like, tried to get his foot out of the way, I think, um, and ended up flicking the ball past Lloris past the hapless Larice, as he must be described in this in this instance. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it trickled in and Argentina had a, an ill-deserved lead. And it, it was it was worrying times at that point because I was thinking, you know... Well, not, not for those of us who, who, who may have been egging the Argies on. <laughs> Listen, I can't believe you're rooting against Paul Pogba. So nice to see Pogba take a game by the scruff of the neck on this stage as well. Just like that, that game. I mean, that game saw the... The balance of France's midfield looked really good, even though the shot is such a loser that he's playing Matuidi at left wing. Um, I've kind of reconciled with Giroud playing up front because actually it sort of works having Mbappe and Griezmann off Giroud. Um, but Matuidi being in that position is just ridiculous. But anyway. Imagine you've got Dembele, <laughs> Fakir, Griezmann, Martial, who you left at home. <laughs> and he'll do a great job with that. I mean... Um, but it, it worked fine in this game because Mbappe... I'm kind of worried that uh, Mourinho might have been looking at that and he'll be tempted <laughs> to play. And maybe Fred will be playing left wing next season. The thing I want more than anything is for Mourinho to look at that and go, do you know what? I really need to sign N'Golo Kante as a favour to Paul Pogba because that, that would be so good. But anyway, talking of so good, the equalising goal, a deeply, deeply average right back. Apparently they tell me he's a good centre back, but um, I've not watched much of Stuttgart. I think it's Stuttgart this season, but he's no kind of right back whatsoever. But my no, goodness. No, I mean, like, to comment, like he, he looks like a centre back playing at right back. He runs like a centre-back playing at right back. But he does not shoot like a centre-back playing at right back. He shoots like a centre-forward playing at right back and a brilliant one. But I'm that. not even sure I can forgive him. I mean, wonderful goal. Absolutely stunning strike. Great technique to stay over it and you know just give it a little bit of outside of the foot. Uh, stunning, stunning. But he's got a stupid haircut. No, his hair's it? nice. It's good. No, it's quite sensible. No. It's his bad. Hair. It's bad. Ed, you, you're just an old man when it comes to hair. You just you... <laughs> um... yeah. I think I think Paul Pogba should uh, <laughs> get some more red in his hair just to piss off 
Graham Sooner. Pavard's goal better than Nacho's. It's official because it was higher. It was higher up, and so it looked. And Nacho's hit is harder though. Mm, yeah, but not as that that shot. The angle, the camera angle from behind of that goal is easily the best moment of the World Cup so far. Just that particular. Oh, it angle. looks beautiful. Yeah, but 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 objectively, going in the top corner versus the bottom corner. Is it better? Yes. Really? Yes, definitely. I mean, never mind Never mind about what's better technique. What's better for those of us watching is top bins, where the spiders live, as they say. Um, Mbappe then just, like, just took advantage of the fact that Argentina were pressing and and really it was kind of all over at 4-2. We had, we had Hernandez bursting up the left wing and Griezmann kind of waving him back, saying, no, 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 don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Um, and you could see why, because um, Messi nearly made it interesting by putting a beautiful ball through to uh, Aguero for a, a late scare for France. Yeah, uh, could, perhaps should have scored. Uh, that would have made it interesting. No, I mean, I mean the one he did score, sorry, the one that made it 4-3. Um, oh, OK. And then, yeah, and then there was that, that, that cross that was whipped across right at the end. That would have been, oh my God, I don't know if I could have coped. <laughs> but Mbappe was, I mean... Mbappe looked every inch the world star in that game, didn't he? He was just superb. He did. I mean, he's been doing that for two years, of course. Um, you know, the World Cup's uh, the biggest exposure, perhaps, that he's going to get. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it seemed to a few pundits that that was the first time they'd ever seen him play, uh, which is a little odd since he's been, uh, you know, outstanding in the Champions League for two years. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it was a kind of interesting symbolic moment, wasn't it, with uh, Ronaldo and Messi going out and Mbappe having uh, such a storming game. Mbappe and Pogba. <laughs> Look, he's a completely different kind of player. He, he's uh, more like um, he's more like sort of uh, Ronaldo yeah. than Christian, Cristiano Ronaldo in terms of his running style and it's just a his willingness and ability to just take people on in any part of the pitch at any time. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I mean, from a United perspective, it was I was worried about Pogba before this tournament, um, and it was just re- and and have not really enjoyed France at all until this. So it was really nice to see him like perform something like his best, essentially, and uh, he was absolutely vital to that win. Um, all right, he was. I don't think I don't think Uruguay will defend like that. By the way, um, I would imagine I'd be. I mean. I couldn't have imagined France going four in any game in this tournament, but um, I will be absolutely stunned if it's a similar kind of game against Uruguay. I mean, I would be so worried about this game, but the fact that Cavani went off with a serious-looking injury... Um, I mean, Uruguay against Portugal, we haven't got it down to talk about that game in detail, but Uruguay were just absolutely excellent against Portugal. I mean, evil. They are evil geniuses, no question about it. The rolliest team in the tournament. Still, like, it's amazing. Look, it just wouldn't be a Uruguay team if they went <laughs> housing from minute zero to minute 90. But that both goals, like the the one-two that Suarez and Cavani played across the whole width of the pitch and, and half the length of it as well. Incredible. Brilliant for the first goal. And then the, the second goal, I'm, I'm screaming at the TV that overloads on the right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes left. I'm like, what? And then Cavani does that. Yeah, amazing. And nice for... I mean, I, I, I like Edinson Cavani. I, I mean... I was always like nervous about him being linked with United because he's one of those players that hadn't seen ever really play that well. But nice to see him like turn it on and play his best and not not be profligate in front of goal in a major in a major tournament. But 
like I said, I'd be much more worried about this game if he's fully fit because, I mean, I think France France could be vulnerable to implosion. I think that's pretty clear. And they're going to... But, you know, they went behind against Argentina and pulled it back, which did so some character. But like you say, there's going to be... Having had all the space in the world against Argentina, there's going to be just no space against Uruguay. All right, very good. Well, that's that done. France are through. Yes. Um, and uh, with Spain out, they're in a slightly easier Spain and Germany out. Slightly easier, half of the draw than they Spain, might have once been. Spain were in... Um, Spain are in our half. Yeah, yeah, yeah our half. Oh, dear, I've done it again. I'm in both halves. I've got both halves. Both halves locked down. A France-England final. That's my dream. Then I just win either way. Lucky Pierre, as uh, you may be called. <laughs> Um, yeah, Urban Dictionary for that one. Yes. Anyway, um, the 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 draw just looks fascinating now because Brazil and France are the only teams that have won the World Cup in the last twenty years that are left in the the tournament. They're both in that side of the draw. You, I mean, I was going to say you've got to imagine that's going to be the semi final, but I mean, Brazil kind of looked good in the end, but they definitely laboured a bit to get there, didn't they? It took them. It took some doing for Brazil to... They weren't good against Switzerland. No. They weren't that much better against Costa Rica. I mean, they got the two late goals. Yeah. And Costa Rica kind of died on their feet. Yeah. Um, uh, Serbia, Serbia were really disappointing Serbia. in that game, I thought. Serbia were disappointing throughout, really. Um, Neymar has obviously been reading his own hype, I have to say. I mean, he's a wonderfully talented player, but... He's so much less effective than Ronaldo or, or Messi. Do you think, um, do you think wants, so? It, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, he spends half... I mean, and, and he's a total <laughs> isn't he? I mean, he does I mean, get... The it, rolling around and... He gets kicked um, out of every game, though. Like, it's... Uh, yeah, but, you know, when you're kicking someone's shins, it doesn't hurt the <laughs> left side of their face. <laughs> no, but I, I can... I... And then he cried. I'm like, oh, he probably had a clause in one of his sponsorship contracts to do that wow for the film that is offensively cynical about a human a human who's like feeling the pressure of like carrying his country's hopes on his back what he needs to do is let go let go of the idea that he's carrying his country on his back because he's not anymore he was in 2014 but this is different i mean coutinho has played miles well better than Neymar so far, been more effective than Neymar. Neymar just needs to realise he's got quality around him and just needs to play his game and stop kind of pushing so hard to make things happen because he, he has been making things happen. I know he's got a couple of assists and a goal so far in the tournament and and fairly crucial goals and assists at that. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he, Neymar can afford to... If I, was, if I was working with Neymar, I would be fully telling him just to chill. Chill, bro. Yeah, play, play, uh, play the game. Play for your team. You know, I think that's the problem. He's not really playing for the team. Anyway, he, he may come into his own at the end of the tournament. Yeah, which is, you know, the the business end is coming soon, isn't it? Really soon. I mean, can we just have a little conversation about how good this World Cup's been so far? I mean, you might be able to tell by the, the generally giddy tone of my voice at this point, having talked about talked for an hour about it, but. I mean, in 2014, I think by the end of the group stages, we all thought, wow, this could be an all-time classic. And then it really tailed off in the knockouts. But the first knockout game of this tournament was 4-3 and a thriller at that. No, that's right. Um, And look, tournaments are always defined by the knockout games, for sure. 
right? You know, if the big games are great, it's a great tournament. Uh, and so far, it looks like that. Of course, the fear starts to creep in. And, you know, I, I, the sense I got was that we got a little bit of that in Croatia and Denmark. And, and you know, Spain. But, and Spain, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, because you always get another chance in the group games. Um, well... Two thirds of them, you do anyway. <laughs> and, unless the math doesn't work out, in which case you only get a chance in one of them, because then if you lose the second one, you're out. Yeah. Um, uh, but you know, like, like you just kind of hope that in the really big games, it's the really big players who are brave enough to to risk it. You know, uh, and it's, sometimes it's the the players who are not the the great ones that kind of shrink. It's it's the, when the big players don't turn up. Because they're worried. That's when you're you're really going to get a bad tournament. But so far, we haven't seen too much of that. We'll we'll see. It, you know, that's going to define this World Cup, of course. But it's been great so far. Yeah, just just even uh, apart from uh, France, Denmark was an absolute stinker. There's been one or two others which weren't weren't brilliant. But I can't think of many games where I haven't been entertained or like involved, invested in the, the outcome or whatever. It's no, just that's been, right. You know, it's been it's been a really 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 good world cup so far and they aren't so, always so i read a piece um which was basically saying oh it's been a really good world cup that so far and therefore russia has gained back all its credibility you know uh, oh. for, and, and i'm just i'm not even going to mention the publication because it's such a loss of bollocks you know the, the problem with russia having this world cup was um one they clearly bought it uh because you could basically bribe the execco and and they would hand you the world cup uh, and two terrible human rights records you know maybe shouldn't be uh hosting the biggest event uh on in the globe you know but uh, hey that's just me and my uh you know ponting it around with left wing rank cast <laughs> you, you know um <laughs> yeah that that was a problem not that people thought oh it's going to russia therefore it'll be a terrible quality world cup i mean i was talking to my dad about this earlier and he was saying this is the problem now people are going to say this is a triumph for putin i was like no one's going to be stupid enough to say that but apparently they are you know some people have expressed surprise about the hooliganism factor and i, I think when when all the stuff went down at um at the euros in 2016 with russian fans you did kind of maybe have some concerns but but it's kind of been made very clear by the people that know that this was never going to happen during this World Cup because Putin, you know, as far as I understand it, my limited understanding of this is that the hooligans are kind of pro-Putin in general, you know. So they they, they weren't going mm. to, if they had the word from inside not to do anything at this World Cup, they wouldn't. Great. Well, that's, um, that's a mini review of uh, what's happened since we last talked. Uh, we've got some Twitter questions, Paul. Okay, great. Is one of them about what our favourite goals have been so far? Because we promised to talk about that, and I forgot. That's the one. Uh, that's the one thing I just forgot off the. Agenda. Don't know. I'll scroll through. But um, <laughs> anyway, we can. We'll come back to that. There's been loads of good goals. The Pavard goal is the best one. Yeah. When is the World Cup scandal documentary about the Russian national team coming out? At <laughs> <laughs> Joey M underscore UX and uh, uh, the FSB. Uh, you know where he lives already. <laughs> Literally never. Literally never. Uh, I think someone will whistleblow this eventually. <laughs> uh, it, mm, well, this is, you know, tangential. Is this a World Cup question? Um, is Fellaini re-signing, like getting oh, one new player no. or two? Oh, no. He's in I this for- World Cup, so, I you know. I forgot about it. I forgot all about it. And then, oh. I mean, uh, it could have been over. 
It could have been. And listen, right, if you're one of these people who's like, oh, it gets too much stick, he always gives it all for the team. Fine. I, he always does give it all for the team. He is a useful weapon. He is also absolutely emblematic of A, the kind of general mediocrity of the last few years, and B, Mourinho's insistence that in the end, the only thing that really matters is having a big lad up top. Well, exactly. And he takes the squad place up. Less about the money, because I mean, I'm sure he's not earning too much. Uh, you know, let's call it a hundred grand a week. Um, but you know, he's, he takes squad player player up, and the cynical way he went about this, you know, and I kind of i I find it hard to accept from top players, um, but from him blackmailing the club, and then when it turned out he didn't get a better offer, uh, announcing it on the the final day. Um, oh. Just it could oh, have, please! It was so close! It was so close! I was I'd I was counting my non-Maranfaloni Man United squad chickens. Anyway, that was at Halango who asked that question. Oh, um, so there good. were a few like it. Um, at Soralapio, yeah, maybe. Um, says uh, De Gea has looked surprisingly weak during the World Cup. Uh, is he just trying to make sure football's coming home? <laughs> what do you think's going on? <laughs> Uh, absolutely. Um, football, eh, vamos en casa, or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, people called Romanes, they go to the house. Um, the, yeah, it's really weird. I mean, do you think it's a, a mentality thing, a pressure thing? Do you think it's a, a tiredness thing after a long season in which he had to play a lot of games behind Phil Jones? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I mean, look, it's a totally different way. I mean, he he had to save a lot of shots in the Premier League last season. Yeah. Um, he doesn't have to save very many shots with Spain because they've got seventy five percent possession all the time. Yeah, but you know, uh, he's he's. It's not like De Gea takes a while to warm up in those games where he has to save a lot of shots. No, like if United have those games where there's a lot of possession and then the other team have one big chance, De Gea's saving it. True. True. Yeah, I I, I can't put my finger on what it is, but. Clearly, you know, those some of those big moments, um, he has not performed in the way that we expect him to at United. I wonder whether in the end we'll find out he was carrying some sort of knock or something. Um, he was just pining for Salford. <laughs> yeah, pining for the Fjord, Ford. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that's the one that runs along the road just in front of Old Trafford, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Getting a new, new car after the World Cup. Um at Eltomo2490 says, uh, should Lukaku be the new captain? I assume he means of United, uh, not Belgium. But um, his leadership uh, of that Belgian team is just very, very obvious, isn't it? And he's having a very good World Cup. He was so good against Tunisia. Absolutely, like, heartwarmingly brilliant. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, um, you know, huddles the circle doesn't he? And, um, you know, it feels like this Belgium squad uh, is a real unit and he's the leader of that unit. At least that's the way it feels. You know, I know exactly what you mean, but the phrase huddles the circle has never been used before. But as you said it, I knew exactly what you meant by huddles the circle. Yeah, I don't think it's a phrase. It just, you know, it's what came out of my mouth. Yeah, it at works. The time. Totally yeah. works. Uh, at underscore Chewbarker says, uh, yeah, I see what you've done there, Stuart. Um, is anyone in this tournament 
Uh, more dislikable than Neymar. I just thought I'd throw that one in there. No, <laughs> no. Not, no even Luis Suarez hasn't been housing like Neymar. Oh, you're joking. Did you? I guess maybe you were travelling during the no, Uruguay no, game yesterday. I did see it. No, no, I saw it. <laughs> he, he he landed on his back and clutched to the back of his head for absolutely ages when they were 2-1 up. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. Uh, the ref must have seen it as well because he, he wasn't having any of it, was he? <laughs> no. Uh, Three lines or world in motion asks uh, underscore Tommy A. Great question. For me, it's not even. I'm. I'm. I have a slightly heretical view about world in motion, which is that I don't think it's that good. Um, but three lines is magnificent. Oh, sharp intake of breath there. It's not kick, 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 kicky, kicky, kick, <laughs> kick, kick. I want to get the glow stick out every time I hear that one. <laughs> Three lines on a shirt, shoes remain still gleaming. It's magic. That new, I, I never really liked the beat of the New Order track. Hmm. <laughs> You'll go wash your mouth out. I mean, listen, the John Barnes rap is magnificent. You do have to hold or give, but do it at the right time. You can be slow or fast, but you must get to the line. They will always hit you and hurt you, defend or attack. There is only one way to beat them, and that's get round the back. Catch me if you can, because I'm the England man, and what you're looking at is the master plan. I can't. Mm. That's as, that's as much as I've got. It's Route One, that is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, lyrically, uh, would you take Southgate at United? Ask Sach Khan. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But you could ask me almost anyone in world football at the moment. I'd be like, yeah, hundred percent. I'll take them. You know, will they cancel Marouane Fellaini's contract extension? If so, yes, hundred percent. Um, would you, would you, would you serious question serious question would you take I don't know, he's ne- no he's never done it at a club anywhere I mean just a huge re- I mean and the difference between England and United is is significant no he's, he's doing but you know the but one, he's doing a fine job the one thing know. that I would say about that because I completely agree it's obviously ridiculous but the, the, but what United need is the same thing England need United need the pressure lifted off the, the players they need they need to they really? need to, yeah, they do. They need the pressure. It's the world's biggest club. No, no, pressure, no. Pressure, pressure, pressure. The pressure's breaking them. We've seen it time and time again. They're, the shirt is too heavy for them. The shirt needs to be lightened by a manager, not not enheavied by it. It's heavy enough as it is. Um, this, generate, this, this crop of United players are the first crop who failed for, you know, a generation and a half. And they, they need... They need a friendly arm around the shoulder telling them that they're very talented and all they need to do is play and have a great time. Hmm. Uh, here's a question for you. Uh, at our, at JRB259 says, who has the best hair at this World Cup? Benjamin Barr. Um, oh. I mean, having... It looks like he's got the curlers on in the morning. Having engaged in relentless slander about it, you can't really go too far wrong with Marianne Fellaini's haircut. I like Axel Witzel's though. It's kind of like a kind of somewhat more shaped version of the same thing. Yeah, like he's stuck his fingers in the life socket. Um, the, that's, that's not one Afro, is it? Um, the I don't know. Griezmann, Griezmann's shaved his head. Pogba hasn't got any colour in there. It's it's all quite it's all quite functional, isn't it? What was the game yesterday um, where uh, one of the dudes had cornrows? He oh, put yeah, a lot Uruguay. of effort in. Uruguay, yeah. yeah. Uruguay left back. Uh, and listen, talking of Uruguay, you absolutely cannot go wrong with Edison Cavani's magnificent locks. 
Uh, oh, you know who it is? You know what the real answer is? It's that Iceland defender who's also a model. <laughs> <The> absolutely <laughs> stunningly handsome gentleman. Like, you see him and it is... Like the, the kind of camera cuts across and it looks like someone's won a competition, like a model's won a competition to play centre-back for Iceland. Uh, okay, final question. At Neville M says... I need a, I need an answer. No sitting on the fence here, Paul. Okay. Is football coming home? I'm hundred percent, hundred absolutely, no doubt. It is it is coming home. By which I mean we might make a quarter final. And on that fence sitting answer. What? No, uh, Ed, to... Ed. Is it coming home? No, of course it's not coming. I mean, home. obviously, statistically, it's very unlikely. It is much more likely than not that it's not coming home. But imagine if it did. I'm daring to dream. And anyway, it's either coming home or it's coming maison. One I, I should look at that because I was looking at the models um, earlier and, uh, you know, obviously England had uh, a very kind of weird um, weird uh, system where a weird outcome where they're much more likely to reach the later rounds um, than they were to beat Colombia, basically. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, let's, let's see after Colombia. But also with Spain going out, um, it, it will have changed the model in England's favour in terms of actually winning the World Cup or at least making a final. Winning the World Cup. Talking about England winning the World Cup. It's like, and it's not a ridiculous notion at this point. But like, as I say, people are listening to this after we've crashed out 2 1 to Colombia thanks to a late Falcao winner. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> All right. Uh, best goal of the World Cup so far? Um, I'm. I just loved Pavard's goal so much. It was such to keep it down and, and the kind of like I said, the angle from behind him is great. But there, there's been there's been plenty. I mean that Di Maria goal was magnificent, wasn't Di, it? Di Maria was magnificent. Uh, Nacho's goal, stunning. Mm-hmm. Uh, Messi where he's taking it on the run yeah. on his on his thigh. Uh, you know, I mean we expect that from Messi, but anyone else in the world would be absolutely <laughs> stunned by that. Ahmed Musa. Um the Tony Cruz late, uh, <laughs> such a sweet strike. He's got he's no right to score from there. The Moose, the Musa goal that I liked best was the first one where he took the control. It was that you mentioned in the Messi goal that made me think of it because he took the control in stride and then blasted it in. That was magnificent. Oh, what a World Cup. Very good. What, the, what, what, Ronaldo neither, neither, neither are Harry Kane's uh, penalties or the one that came <laughs> off his heel. No, bigger to, be, in this one. to be fair, that first Harry Kane penalty was an absolute blinder. And then like both times he had to wait for absolutely ages. And, and the kind of courage of his convictions the second time to wait absolutely ages and take exactly the same penalty again, knowing it was basically unstoppable. If he uh, did, did we talk about Jesse Lingard's? <gasps> this far into the show and not talk about just that that was the moment of the world cup for me i genuinely shed a tear when that got <laughs> lovely he's one of us isn't he like jesse lingard this kid who we saw as this tiny kid in the 2011 youth cup team and you know it's taken him such a long time to break into the first team and even when he did he got so much stick from united fans and then he does that at the world cup Magic, absolutely magic. There'll be more from him uh, as he bends one into the top corner of Alison's net to win the World Cup. (laughs) 
Oh dear. So um, I, I guess we're going to try and do another one of these next weekend. I haven't looked yeah. at when the games are, but we will try and time it with. I think that the the um, the quarterfinals are at the weekend, so I think we'll do it after the quarterfinals before the semi final. Um, so then they'll, we'll we'll actually hit a logical bit of the tournament to do it in, rather than randomly in the middle of second round games. Okie dokie. Um, well, we'll call it a day there, an hour in to uh, our love fest with the World Cup. But it's been it's been it's been a great tournament, um, thoroughly enjoyable. Uh, the only thing that spoilt it is Fellaini <laughs> signing a new contract right in the middle of this. He had to go do that. Oh God, what a stupid club, man! Mu, Muf, Mufc, only okay, only okay, okay at best. Anyway, we don't need to think about that for a while. For, oh, since we last talked, Fred officially signed. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that was officially we about signed that last time. before. Yeah, and and there was Fred the Red Banter. In fact, a, a great deal of credit is due to Manchester United's marketing team for having Fred the Red playing the piano at the beginning and them saying, "No, this we're not doing this." We told you we're not doing the piano thing. I thought that was really good. Because they subverted expectations. You see, they yeah they took the Route One joke and slightly adapted it. Nice. That's all you need to do to make a simple joke into a slightly more sophisticated meta-narrative joke about the nature of marketing and comedy and expectations. Exactly. (laughs) World Cup's good, isn't it? It is very good, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. As many of you no doubt know, the Rankcast is a crowdfunded operation. If you head to patreon.com slash Rankcast, you can find ways to get involved in backing the show. We do this so we never have to run ads, especially not for gambling sites, as you may have been inundated with if you listen to a lot of football podcasts during the World Cup. So we rely on you lot instead. Um... Uh, one of the things that you get if you back the show at uh, $5 plus VAT a month is you get a bit of extra bonus content, normally about between 15 and 20 minutes after every episode. Um, This week, we tried to give our take on, slightly sorry about saying this, but it is true, and hopefully it was quite entertaining, the the Messi-Ronaldo thing. And even if, if one of them, like, scrapes in there somehow, I don't know if... Messi's playing defensive midfield for Argentina or something. They're not going to be. They're not going to be the, the, what they are at the moment. Obviously, yeah. Uh, I mean, he's good enough to play anywhere. Maybe not central defence, or maybe he could in you know, like a Pep side or something. <laughs> he can play centre back. Um, I mean, is he worse than Nicolas Otamendi? Is he worse than Marcus Rocco? Centre no. back. <laughs> uh, so anyway, you know, so it's a passing, um, and uh, it, you know, it's a, it, it's going to be interesting because. Uh, the way the hum- human psyche works, you do think about the latest thing that happened. Um, yeah. And that figures more prominently in all the other things. So, you know, there'll undoubtedly be some commentary um, about uh, whether the failure of these two, relative failure of these two teams and the play- these two players within these two teams cheapens their legacy in some way, and especially with Messi, of course, because, you know, Argentina traditionally sort of big side has won World Cups, um, yeah, two, two, two promises in, in, and promises to win more, wants to win more, has a nation of people that expect that, even if it's you know not fair, totally, to- not totally fair historically. Um, you know, th- so the pressure's on him more than with Portugal, uh, 